Welcome to Strange Deer, your weekly podcast about the strange but true stories behind your favorite works of fiction. Hosted by Juliana Valente and Kay Cook. It's a vehicle for vodka? But that's about it. I was never a Bloody Mary person myself. That's a good place to fade in. Hi, everybody. <laughs> it's Kay. And Juliana. Oh, boy. That's actually, as fade-ins go, probably the quickest we've ever gone, two thoughts and then, and you'll never know why we're talking about Bloody Marys, or maybe you will, because I'll say it has to do with VH use and a story that I will share sometime else. Uh, I have to start off by saying happy anniversary, Juliana. It's been 15 years since the 2003 New York City blackout. Like half of my friends list has been posting about it today. I I love wishing you happy anniversary for things that have nothing to do with us. Yeah, but. I know. <laughs> It makes me happy. I feel like a 1950s house husband. <laughs> What's going on? What were you up today, dear? Years ago, huh? Yeah, I know. That's A, a little sobering because it was like my senior year of high school. And yeah, I remember, I remember watching uh, Conan O'Brien mm -hmm. talking about it. Um, my friends who are just that much older than me to have already been in college down here have been posting about their memories of it and being like, it was great. Bodegas were throwing open their doors and handing you ice cream cakes because what the hell are they going to do with them? It's like my fantasy. <laughs> it's amazing. I was like, oh, that's sweet. And then, and then I also noticed the theme of, and once it got dark, we all got the hell inside. <laughs> that's hey, strange dears, were any of you in the blackout? Send us a message about it. <laughs> Did you eat ice cream cake in the dark? Because that sounds like a good time. That sounds like an awesome time. <laughs> uh, not, yeah, not going to lie. Kind of. AKA a, a typical Saturday night for me. Oh, my God. Well, except not right now because you're in the middle of a show. So how is it going? It's going well. Um, it's going well. I'm tired. It's a good time. Uh, and, yeah, it's and, and it's funny because we, we were just laughing, and I had no idea what episode. I was off by two or three No, episodes. you were off. I was off by one as well. So we do know that this is our 25th episode now. Um, yeah. We'll do something celebratory in five because we figured 30 was a big deal. We'll celebrate, we will celebrate episode 30 like never before. Like never before. Like, like episode 30s have never been. Oh, man. Yeah. And then it got quiet. No, <laughs> because we literally were both like, what's our theme this week? We're <laughs> it's a good, th actually, no, this theme is going to work out nicely. It was, it, it's worked out well. Um, we're you explain what we're doing because you came up with it. Oh, I, I, I just sent a text saying, can we cover transferable skills, AKA what do we learn as actors that we can use in the real world or specifically in day job? Yes, in whatever this real world is supposed to be, I habitate there as infrequently as possible. In the uh, civilian world. Pause for just a second because the dog's going to start barking. Maybe that's all she did. Well, or, or, it, or it could have also just sounded like a sneeze. Besides, we've had stranger <laughs> sounds behind you that I never crossfaded, and I don't think I'm ever going to. Th this is all staying in. No. I <laughs> So, I don't know what that head movement was about, but <laughs> you're taking the lead on this. This is your idea, darling, and I will follow gladly. <laughs> okay. So, we have been asking on social media, what are your uh, day jobs? Oh, you actor and musicians. What are, what are you doing as far as day jobs go? And um, I'm going to predict 
Now that this is going to really run the gamut. I have actor friends who are everything from hostesses at restaurants to Starbucks baristas um, to working like in advertising. I was going to say the, the internationally renowned temp work, right? <laughs> uh, temp work, yes. Yeah. But then also people who, who have, you know, nice careers going for mm -hmm. them um, in, the, in the civilian world. So, <laughs> uh, so but, but let's talk about like what, what our day of jobs are. We, we mentioned briefly that yours is, is actor adjacent. And I have a curiosity uh -huh. about um, standardized patients. Is everyone that you work with, your colleagues, are they actors as well? Like, do they necessarily come from a theater or, or film background? I would say largely yes, although we do have some who aren't. And um, the thing about it is also on the other end of what one would consider to be the big cycle of your career, you have the retirees who still want to make a little extra income. And lucky for them, there is a need for a geriatric patient simulation. Um, so it's, I'm not to those. Simulation. 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 Yes. yes. Let's, let's be clear about this. I don't. Uh, stimulation is a higher pay grade than I am willing to go for. Um, but just yeah. I mean, what I do is, um, as as I alluded, basically, uh, standardized patient work is. If you've seen, have you seen the episode of um, Seinfeld, Juliana, with yeah, I know. I'm just going with this. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, the Kramer job, um, which I, I sadly have never played ED, if you know what I'm referencing, and I don't think I ever could. But it really, what happens is in the medical field, you've got a lot, a lot of medical students who are doing a whole lot of book learning, who are nose in the text all day long, but they are, you know, primarily, unless they're really just looking to be in a research track, um, they're going to have to interact with humans and sick humans, so they need to kind of have a bedside manner for the way that I also shorthand it to my friends. That's where you bring in trained actors who can simulate various um, temperaments, various ailments, um, and then also be able to give them communications feedback, um, yeah. which is probably... It was the part that I used to be most uncomfortable and concerned about when I, I was like, what do you mean? I don't have a character to hide behind anymore. Oh, God. But it's be, sort of become my favorite part of it because really when you're studying theater, look, I'm bringing it back to the theme here. You, what are you learning fundamentally besides communications? And it's really that one-on-one -on -one experience. And, um, yeah, I mean, they, especially the first-year students that I start to work with uh, from day one. I love programs where I can start to just kind of talk to them right out of the gate so you don't have to weed out uh, habits or, you know, kind of break down the wall of them going, well, when I read all of this in this textbook and blah, 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 you know, does it really matter what the patient thinks as long as I cure them? Uh, so a lot of the bias kind of can get peeled off of it. Um, and you can kind of break down right to the core of it. And I've really come to love it because I think it's almost like a, an extended improv too, Juliana, because while you know your character, you know, your age, um, your family history, all those things, so much of it is up to the way the student asks you questions. And, you know, it, it, it's not improv like whose line is it anyway improv, although God knows there are moments. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, as far as like actually taking what they're giving you yeah. and not going off your script, you're actually very few programs I work with give you any sort of actual line readings uh, or or things that they want scripted in. 
Um, and I think it's made me, it has made me a better actor in a lot of ways, uh, because I can think on my feet a lot faster. And it's, I hope in my regular life made me a better communications person as well, because when you're talking to somebody about all their leading questions and how they never let me get a word in edgewise, and then you turn the mirror back on yourself and go, well, hey, uh, (laughs) (laughs) it helps you clean up your own side of the street, I guess is the way I'd put it. Yeah. Yeah. So you're turning, I'm turning the day job around now, Juliana. And for you, theater. For me, my day job has has been uh, a little bit more different. Like I I did a lot of, um, when it first started, I did um, not necessarily temping. I did um, like short-term jobs. So like teaching. And then I did a lot of tutoring. I did SAT tutoring and junior high writing tutoring. Nice. Um, and I did modeling and produ- pr- pr- um, um, promotional modeling. Got it. Understood. <laughs> you, I was ready for it to be something a little more risque. You oversold that. <laughs> no, no, no. It's like, yeah, it's like. That, that's what they told me. That's what I put on the taxes anyway. It's not a, it's like not modeling, whatever. Um, Are you in stock I, photos somewhere? Oh, oh, tons. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, but you know, you know, I'm not that tall, right? So whatever. Please cut this. This is all stupid. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which but, uh, after a few years of being um, uh, on te- teetering on the edge of being a starving artist, yay! I, I got that. I got a, a job, a salary job, um, in the finance industry and um, in administration. And in that field, um, there are thrown around the terms a lot, uh, soft skills. Mm -hmm. And those are like, you know, things that aren't going to show up on your LinkedIn profile necessarily or your resume. So yeah, you can type at the speed and and you can use these different programs and you can teach this software. But um, what about the soft skills of like eye contact and, Mm -hmm. um, Oh, not getting, you know, ha- being able to handle pressure uh, at, or diffuse pressure or, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. So, so soft skills, you know, I guess we've talked about how I sometimes can put on a producer hat. Right. And it's easy for me to put on um, an objective hat when it comes to working in this field. Um, I just totally lost my train of thought. Oh, no, train of thoughts are good things to, to pick up at the station. No, it sounds a lot like it sounds a lot like what like I was saying, kind of like what I do when you're talking about soft skills. That's kind of the stuff where our doc our student doctors are going, um, well, what do you mean? I need to finesse how I say this, or you know, what do you mean? It was off putting when I stood the whole time while you were standing on the bed and you spent the entire time talking to my navel. Like, <laughs> like those well, those are huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so my thought was, I I remember. You found it, yay! What I was thinking is, you know, if I'm gonna be spent, if my first love, my passion, the thing I need to do in this life mm-hmm. is theater, uh, and but but I'm gonna be spending forty to fifty hours a week um, doing something else. Mm-hmm. So that I am healthy and and uh, have food in my belly and a gem membership. And I'm not under the bridge, you know. <laughs> I, if it is inevitable that I'm going to be working 40 hours a week doing something, this is me. I would rather get paid $80 an hour 
as opposed to $15 an hour. Mm. So I have really worked hard on maximizing my soft skills uh, in something that I can sell to a company that pays their employees good money. Yeah. Oh, no, totally. Totally. Yeah. I mean, God knows I spent enough time. I, I'm talking about what I'm currently doing and what I've been blessed to be able to do for the last decade. I've been down in the New York, New Jersey area, but I had the mind-numbing jobs. I worked for Subway. I worked for Nanny Ann's Pretzels. I, I love Nanny Ann's I did not after that summer. I will just put it that way. Everything smelled like yeast and butter and sadness. Uh, <laughs> sadness <laughs> yeah. has a smell. Um, and of course I also worked in a diner because I think that, that almost, yeah, I did my share of bartending for, for non-theater folk, you know, it's a joke because it's true. We all wind up somewhere in food service for some period of time. Yes. It, 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 it just happens. Yes. <laughs> well, especially in New York, you can't escape the food service. Oh, well, and... in, in touristy hubs, it's absolutely true. Or in, in city areas. I mean, what worked about the Albany area was, and I wasn't directly in downtown, but you've got a lot of government types and you've got a lot of people with, um, the word just escaped me, uh, per diems and money that they can, you know, spend on dinner. So they go over to the diner and maybe they'll have a couple mimosas and then they'll leave you a $50 tip if you're real lucky. Uh, once. <laughs> and, and you've used your soft skills appropriately. <laughs> yeah, and then I have to say there was the summer that I worked for two competing newspapers and I entertained for a hot second that I was a newsie, but I have used none of my newspaper skills like that. I worked at the Saratoga Racetrack and we were handing out tip sheets and like, uh, yeah, I mean, you got to watch the horses run and some high rollers would come up in their limousines and roll up. And I did manage to avoid wandering around in the big rolled-up newspaper um, mascot outfit that they had going around the track. Career highs. We've got. The, we've all got them. I did one day. Uh, I was assigned keep the mascot alive duty. If you can follow what I mean by this, because it was a 90 degree day outside with like. You were a handler. Yeah, I was the newspaper, yeah. the smiling newspaper's handler, hey, shoving water bottles up the. List. Shoving the water bottle up the yeah to get it to the the innards. <laughs> I Actually, the, when you talk about your day jobs with theater, I think it very quickly blends into war stories, and that could be its own episodes segment. But you know, we'll merge them together here for the sake of going. Look, we're using our skills and giving you useful <laughs> takeaway, and also going. <laughs> everything tasted like yeast and sadness, and I shoved a water bottle up a newspaper. <laughs> so I did that last week I don't know even what I'm doing anymore but you know what honestly guys if you are enjoying this podcast this is sort of a companion to what we did last week in a sense because we uh, and by we I mean Juliana took most of the lead on that but uh, the process the creative process that an actor goes through and um, yeah so if you want to either finish this episode and then pop back or hold here and go back whatever whatever works whatever your process is um we'll be waiting here patiently because you can pause us you're ruining it you're not supposed to move <laughs> what's happening Made a new song. I actually, and I haven't heard this song in years, but woke up this morning with Rosanna by Toto stuck in my head and it hasn't left. I don't even know. No that. idea.
it, again, songs that I should not, I'm not old enough to have been around for, and yet somehow. Rosanna, Rosanna. I'm behaving. This is me behaving. So I would like to talk about three skills that uh, one learns as an actor yes. slash theater professional yes. that can be immediately applied in the work field. The work field? The business field? The, the whatever other, your, whatever the your line of work is. Well, you'll find a way to make all of these work, we promise. And if not, yeah. I put no money on this. <laughs> <laughs> you did not hear it from us. Nope. That's our standard boilerplate. We try to be official, and then we walk everything back. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Okay, so here we go. We're going to make this quick and dirty. Whoa! Ooh. Three points, three, th three skills. Number one, <laughs> curiosity. As an actor, part of our process is becoming insatiably curious about our own character, the character that we're playing, right? Mm -hmm. And finding out more. And, and we talked briefly last week about backstories. I believe with all my heart that curiosity uh, is one of the best tools in any kind of conflict resolution, mm -hmm. any kind of problem solving. I believe yes. that the best problem solvers in the world are first curious people. Um, and that it can, it can get you, it can give you the distance from a situation that one needs to be able to continue working uh, at a very high level without taking things personally. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's so kind important. Of make, mm -hmm. yeah, the outside. So number one is just being curious. I think that's a, a, that is a, a business skill that we can sell uh, the next job interview that we go to for real world jobs. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a good one. And second, is um, similar to the first one in, in the fact that we as actors, when we're going into specifically now studying a scene, we look at trying to find the conflict, right? There's two things that we're trying to find desperately. We're trying to find the conflict and we're trying to find the love. Mm. Uh, it's not necessary that we find the love. Yeah. Sometimes the best drama is if you don't. Womp womp. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, but I mean, try, yes, obviously we want to try to find the humanity and hopefully that soft skill is already built into us. But uh, in looking for conflict, being aware, um, and I even use this with my, I'm sorry, I cannot escape teaching, teaching acting. No, it's, that's <laughs> yeah. good, and which P.S. you should have mentioned is also one of your day jobs, but it's what sort of day, day jobs. That's my favorite day job. My yeah. favorite day job in the world is... That you don't have to do with a 40-hour shift, but hey, if you could. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know if I could handle teaching acting, because I get so excited about it. <laughs> Uh, for, Still for, bouncing a chair constantly. <laughs> I would I would teach for thirty hours a week and then be like Sayonara. Um, so uh, looking for conflict all the time. That's kind of always in our head, right? As, as we're breaking down scenes. Yep. It's not that in the workplace we need to look for con. And, and, and so in acting, I sometimes say maybe it's not conflict that, and maybe it's not on the same level that you're thinking. Like maybe the conflict is not with the person who's talking to you, maybe your character just simply wants to get out the door mm -hmm. and you can't get out the door because there's someone talking to you. Yeah. Like maybe your conflict isn't what you think it is. Right. But there's also, I like to use the term friction. It's not necessarily like, oh, what do I do in this situation type of conflict. Sometimes it's what's slowing you down, what's, what's, what's adding friction. Uh, we can even call it baggage if you're the kind of backstory builder that includes a lot of biography. I was going to um, say, if you write bodice rippers on the rag that sit in the rack at the checkout line, then your baggage is, yeah. <laughs> yeah 
I was working with a student um, recently, a young student who's very talented, but hasn't worked a lot with other actors. So we work on monologues. This is a total rabbit trail, but it's difficult to, I don't know why the structure of teaching tends to be monologue first and then scene study. It's very hard to teach a monologue to someone who's never been on stage with other actors and then you're asking them to pretend in many cases that there's another person in the room. To me, that sounds like mostly a function and, and again, not approaching it with the thought process you're putting on it. The idea of, well, I've got one actor, so we're going to work on a monologue. <laughs> right. Yeah, but that's not, that's really, it's backwards, yeah. Yeah, so note all you actors out there, get in class. Yes, have a private study, but get in class. Just, there are some things you simply well, are not going to get. people, yes. Yeah, okay. So, in in acting, we wanna, we're looking looking out for the friction. Why? Because that's where the interesting stuff lies, right? That is where the humanity is. But when you're in a job, whether you're a barista or a uh, server, bartender, or working in administration like I do, being up newspaper, a working for the newspaper, selling that's my cigar, <laughs> hawking your wares, selling your jewelry on Etsy being aware that there is going to be friction in any kind of sales basically everything is sales everything is marketing you can think what where's the friction going to be if you are aware if you're in a state of mind where you're not looking for conflict right because then you'd be like a miserable person mm. like you know like you don't have to be a very um, negative paranoid person to have this skill yeah. of saying where's there going to be friction oh you know let's we have a weekly meeting it's scheduled right now for eight o'clock on Monday mornings you know what there's a little bit of friction getting everybody into the office so if it has to be on Monday maybe can we think of something you know be yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where's there going to be friction sometimes yeah, yeah. You can solve people's problems by understanding that the conflict isn't that she wants a change in her title maybe she wants a change in her desk moving to a different place right yep. so think about where there's so we have curiosity we have conflict and friction and finally I have failure if there's one thing that we actors are good at it is failure and accepting it as part of the process as part of the package and it's the hardest in so many ways but it is so vital in any field if you get a handle yeah. on that you're not, yeah, and I, I just, I feel so strongly, like, for actors, we don't really become successful until we're okay. Yeah. Not, you know, with, with our moments of failure. Mm -hmm. I love this quote by, by Beckett, um, ever tried, ever failed, no matter, try again, fail again, fail harder. Great actors fail so hard, and how many times have we been told uh, in an acting class or singing, uh, go big or go home? Yep. That's a, the, the idea that failure is inevitable um, and is a great skill that we can, again, you can take this and you can market it um, to people. The fact that we um, care deeply about what we do, but it's not going to discourage us. Yeah. Uh, if it does, we obviously wouldn't be pursuing this again. I have two kind of flippant lines that I use when it comes to that sort of thing. Uh, flippant, but there's a lot of truth behind it. It is um, learning from your mistakes, going if you don't make the mistakes. It's like I say, well, I won't do that again. I might do something else, but I might, I'm, I won't do that again. Um, or the other thing that I get, be it in the choirs that I've been working in or whatever it might be, you know, I can't correct a mistake that you're not fully making. That <laughs> yeah. <laughs> make it big. Go big, go home, or you know, 
fail, fail hard, fail harder, and learn from it. Don't just sit there in the muck. Um, you know, crawl out of it and and learn from it. Know what will work and what won't work. Use that as like a data set for yourself. Yep. Look, I made it corporate. Especially for those of us who work in any kind of service or customer service. Mm -hmm. This idea is we are going to make mistakes. There are going to people who, be people who are upset. Can we be curious about them? before we get angry, before we take it personally? Can we recognize where the friction actually is, where the conflict actually is? And then can we realize that we're gonna fail and that it, just own the mistake, be okay. It doesn't mean that we're bad at our job and keep moving, make it better, make it harder, make it more successful next time. This almost turned into a Daft Punk song, anyway. Uh, <laughs> hey, look. So this is our social media plug. Yes. You do that. I did the social media last week. Okay. Do I need to do the... Whatever. <laughs> it's not required that you mug the camera or, or Muppet Walk. <laughs> but you're doing it even better than I did. Now I'm shamed. Come back here and tell us about social media. All right. You are new to our channel. Strange here. Take two. And we're back. If you are new to our channel, Strange Deer puts out a new theater-centric podcast video every week, usually on Thursday nights, plus bonus episode uploads throughout the week. So if you don't follow us already, please go ahead and hit subscribe down here to be notified of future uploads and join our Strange Deer community. You can follow us at Strange Deer on Instagram and Twitter, and we also have a Facebook page. Yes, we found face Strange Deers. Uh-huh. Deers? Strange. Strange. I, there are deer. I am from upstate New York. I am quite familiar with some strange deer that free range into your vehicle. Uh, oh, and we should also mention that we do lives on Thursday nights. Uh, yeah. If you want to uh, join us, and um, I was going to say see how the sausage gets made, but mostly we're just talking about the episode before it drops. Uh, yeah. There is minimal sausage on Thursday nights. 8.30 Eastern Time on either Facebook or Instagram, or if you're K, you wind up doing both because you remembered what the Instagram password was. <laughs> we'll surprise you. We're, we'll keep you on your toes, uh, but we like to interact with our listeners. Yes, you can ask us questions in the lives. You're, you, you should yeah. fully interact with us. And you never know where we're gonna where we're gonna be when we're when we're living. We should exit together. Hang on. Hey, one, one, two, three. So, now that we've been being goofballs, because I think that's exactly where our energy and brain power is at yeah. right now, I needed to be silly tonight, because I might have bad tooth news in the morning. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so, <laughs> I wanted to come into this card. So, you're a new theater major. Good for you. <laughs> you managed to get over the hurdle of mum and pop saying that you will be a homeless artist in the gutter. Um, what can you do? Well, if you're K and it was 2003, look, I'm just going to put dates out here and you're an incoming freshman. Um, one of the ways you managed to sell your parents on going to theater school was that there was a high technical component to it. And I think, you know, I love how you went into like the actors, what we can apply and the soft skills and all that, Juliana. I'm going to go right to the part of, you know, the practical aspect of yeah. what you can pick up. And I would say picking 
picking a theater major that's a good balance that will get you grounded in the technical fields. Um, I say this with a big caveat on it because if you're a woman in theater and you're too good at tech, you might never wind up on the stage again, which becomes Kay's story. But I digress. (laughs) I digress. I was lucky enough to be in a major where um, we had a high technical component. It was a smaller major. So quite frankly, we needed everybody. You know, if you weren't cast on... So every theater major. Yes, you were. It, tech classes. It wasn't the kind of program where you weren't even allowed to like audition for a show until like your sophomore year. I know those exist out there. Um, we were auditioning. It was just a case of okay, so you weren't cast in this show. Are you interested in learning lighting? Are you interested in doing sound? Are you interested in working costumes? Um, so it that was one of the ways that I kind of with my parents I was like, but look, marketable job skills because they apply all over the place. Um, and. Um, I mean, I was also able to sell them on things like, well, you know, kind of, I guess it's almost the line for people who major in other things. Why would you major in anything else? But um, who are like, well, I'll take this theater course so I could be a good public speaker. Uh, and that's where you'd see like the non-major showing up at your like theater history 101 class. And they're like, <laughs> how to emote in front of people. Acting 101. I taught, I, when I was a grad student, I taught speech 101 and 102. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, and I'm, I'm making fun of it, but honestly, that is another thing to be said for it. You know, people who, quote, dabble or took a class or two, it can really help you in that arena. And if you're looking for more info on that, there are way better books written than me sitting here and talking. Uh, one that I read just for the heck of it because I happen to be a fan of his was uh, Ken Howard's Act Natural, uh, How to Speak to Any Audience. It's actually very cute. It's based on a series of lectures that he taught at Harvard University. Oh, uh, I like this. Yeah, to non-theater majors and um, primarily non-theater people. Ken Howard, huh? Yeah, and it was, yeah. My, my, my Jefferson bro. Uh, <laughs> but he, yeah, and then he would go on to be the president of SAG-AFTRA for a long, long time. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Ken, in his book, talks about basically the skills you pick up in an acting class and in a theater, you know. I need to read this. It's a good it's a good book. It's available. You can pick it up for, like, five bucks on Amazon. I think he, <laughs> it was printed in the early 90s. Um, but, yeah, I enjoy it. Um, and so there's that aspect of it. You know, obviously, you can say to mom and dad, look, I'll be able to give a toast or I'll be able to, you know, when I'm hosting the board meeting at my Fortune 500 company, I will be witty and everyone will want to work well, with me. Well, <laughs> there's, uh, there's a whole movement right now uh, in um, marketing, specifically financial services, about storytelling as marketing. Um, and and there is a there are whole packages uh, and works lots of workshops that you can go to to learn how to be a better storyteller right. uh, in order to sell your product. Oh no! And honestly, that is what's going to grab people because when you're talking about such an oversaturated, especially online market, where everybody's being bombarded 24/7 with buy this, buy that, look at my Etsy shop, look at I'm a big company, I'm a small thing. Like it's just you know sensory overloads. How do you stand out? And it really comes down to the personality. So I'd say in a lot of ways, these kind of skills you pick up in studying theater uh, can only be beneficial if you. You're selling a lifestyle, not a product. <laughs> You're selling yourself, but not necessarily in that way. Um, so anyway. <laughs> So anyway, let's go back to Kay, little freshman, sophomore, learning my skills to hopefully have a job 
in the theater. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of the things you quickly pick up on is your organ organizational skills, which I think is important. To, and I'm not beyond putting tabs in your binder and knowing where you're using. Like, <laughs> first of all, there's a whole rabbit trail we can go on too about. I know you've been able to do the digital jump, Juliana, but I am such a I need the printed page in front of me. I don't know what it is. It's just the way I function. Yeah. What, how do you do it? Can uh, lifting the curtain a little bit because uh, you almost exclusively work off a pad, right? Do you have any software that yeah. you use specifically? Uh, I use Rehearsal Pro. Okay. Uh, that's I use it for both um, scripts and scores. And are you able to do things in like take notes in it and highlight uh, and all of that? Yeah. Not only that, this is like a, a commercial for Rehearsal Pro, but I don't care. Hey. Um, you can like tap on something and do a um, verbal note as well. Oh. So, like, if you just, if your director's just giving you notes and um, you're, instead of writing down, you can always be like, okay, the end, the bottom of page 49, uh, leave stage uh, left door instead of, you know, center on, like, give, or pictures, you can add pictures. You're almost selling me on trying this thing out. I mean, maybe I'm just not doing it right. Maybe I'm just doing PDFs on a tablet and that's where I'm falling down. Um, but yeah, and also, you know, when you use software like this, it's loaded, so you're not going to have the, the lag. Right. But like, but the ability to be able to like record scenes at a time and then play them back for yourself um, for rehearsal is, it's just nice to have everything in one place. But can I, since we're talking about day jobs, I've listed on my cover letter, my -hmm. cover letter template is the fact that um, I have helped companies twice go completely paperless, which is kind of a big deal, especially. Oh no, that's huge now. That's a huge deal. Yeah. Going paperless. um, And then for myself. You know, Fantastic. I no. obviously nobody cares that I do it with my scripts, but no, but it proves you walk the walk, <laughs> and yeah, it gives I, you gives you that experience totally, absolutely. There's there's great software now too. Bring it back to the technical side of theater. Um, one of my friends was talking about a production he just wrapped where their stage manager was able to give notes at the end of the night, and it was literally like he could tell the the format. The stage manager used to be like that was a line note. That's a blocking note. And so at the end of the night, instead of the stage manager with a bunch of handwritten notes, was able to just highlight the tab and print out those notes and send it to that actor. Like, I love easy. stage managers Crazy. so much. Oh, man. And that's a that, day job for me. If anybody wants to hire me as a stage manager, but you got to pay me. Yeah. Oh, no. I'm at that point as well now. Because uh, I fell into that hole pretty hard. Remember earlier when Kay was talking about don't get too good at tech because you'll never be on stage yeah. again. And that's yeah. actually when I met you, Juliana. I was like, I have these skills, but I want to be on stage. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I've been away for a while. Uh, but that you can do everything you know well actually and it's funny because my my last little point here um i was talking about it this sort of dovetails into what you're talking about but flexibility and the ability to find creative solutions in a hurry you will figure that out backstage very fast if you're doing oh, you don't have a choice <laughs> you, you do not have a choice do you remember the c-clamp solution i threw together for the mirror backstage yes <laughs> because we had a wall at our theater that was all cement that we could not put screws in which is a problem, especially when we had one cast member who had 19 costumes. I'm not saying his name on this episode, but you should all know now, it sounds like Schmeichel. It rhymes with Schmeichel. Uh, Schmeichel had a lot of clothes, and Schmeichel needed a schmearer. So <laughs> we got Schmeichel a schmearer with some C-clamps, uh, yeah. which is something I did learn hanging out backstage. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I would say if you are a person who wants to be in theater and you might be... I don't know, struggling with parents who are concerned about your ability to continue to live. 
Uh, <laughs> you can sell them on the technical angle of it. Um, just don't be too good. No, well, I mean, what? <laughs> Is that weird takeaway? Be good, but not too good. I just want to say this, and this we don't have to put this in here, but this is just, um, I love, my. I have a pet peeve of, of people, and this is just me, people talking about a fallback. Oh, God, no. Because the truth is, Christ, the no. truth is, yeah. we almost always are going to have alternate streams of income, um, unless we get very lucky and get something on Broadway that lasts a very long time, or we get something in film, or, or Fallback you know, connotates failure, and I don't think, it, it's, it's, pushing forward the idea that there's like a linear path you must take. And I'm either on it or you're not. There so is nothing linear. Yeah. At least in my experience, there's nothing linear, linear about a theater career. Right. Exactly. Uh, any exactly. artist, honestly, there is nothing exactly. linear about it. Yeah, um, that's why that we're not doing um, fallback. Yeah. Our favorite segment, I think, in a way, what's making us strange this week. Uh, I'll take the lead here first, because you've been in my brain in a weird way, Juliana. I'm going to ask you a question, though. Um, I mean, outside of the usual ways you're in my brain. Uh, but I'm going to start with the question here. Would you consider yourself um, inclined towards the culinary arts? Yeah, I'd love to cut. So are you perhaps familiar with the British baking show? The great British baking show? Familiar with it? Familiar, familiar with it? <laughs> when we speak of shows that require no commitment from me, but just make me feel like I'm wrapped I'm in thinking. a nice warm yes. blanket. Yes. It is the, uh, unfortunately, I have watched all the episodes there are to watch uh -huh. um, more than once. Well, and I, have you seen Master? Here's the thing. This is why you were also in my brain. Did, were you aware that they did British baking show masterclass? No. Yeah. Because I don't, I burned through these episodes this time last summer when we were rehearsing a new brain. My my mental vacation was enjoying British Baking Show, yeah. and um, I got through all the seasons that were available and had a very deep sad because suddenly I didn't have Paul Hollywood and Mary Berry every day to let me know, you know, um, to, to realize that metric may actually be the better way to go and trying to adjust a fan oven and why, why would you bake something 170 degrees? Because Americans what? are wrong. And, 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 and what is this hot water crust? Tell me more. All of these. Yes, exactly. But I was so sad when I burned through it, but British yeah. baking show masterclass is I sense, and I, I should have looked this up, but I sense that they were filming it simultaneously to the seasons they were doing it. Okay. And they or they filmed it directly after it's paul and mary by themselves they're kind of reflecting on the series and then they bake their like perfect thing like the is it the examples that they're showing before the challenge or it, yes or some of it is like now mary's going to make us her crazy amazing caramel cake like it's it and yeah do you remember that princess cake that yes, was like, I was just know? thinking that that Swedish like. Oh uh, yeah, I want to. I want. I want the inside story on that. It's literally all cream inside, and like, and Mary makes one in this masterclass. I'm devastated just thinking about so, this. This is on Netflix. You know, it's, if if you were if you were feeling like I I need more I need more British Baking Show British Baking Show masterclass exists and it it's been fun. I'm actually going to be watching some a little bit later because I've been having such a smashing good time. And I'm it's, so in it. It's worth it if just to see Paul Hollywood be Mary Berry's sous chef and vice versa. And they give each other the most classically British shit you'll ever 
<laughs> it's so fun. And I was thinking of you because I was like, oh, Masterclass, I'll watch that tonight. But yeah, British Baking Show Masterclass, it's there and available. Brava. You'll want that. So what? that's what's made me strange this week. What's making you strange this week? Okay, so, you know, so I am in a show. And so yesterday, last week was like, tech into openings the, the the birth yes and then like you know six shows in a row yep. so i've really been in that but we've talked about before that like to me the stress is all like going into tech you yep. know like going into the first rehearsals you know if they're if you're in a show where they ask you to be off book at first rehearsal that's a whole different kind of stress situation so mm -hmm. i haven't been really stressed out but just very tired and so again it's yeah. like a I, I still, I can't finish Handmaid's Tale. I, uh, I just Don't can't. Miss. I need to relax. So two shows, two things that have been fun distractions for me is I did start Trial and Error. Oh, okay. Uh, Kristen Chenoweth, uh, and it's the, the makers, the people who made Community. I believe, I could be wrong, but I believe it's the people who made Community, which is a show I absolutely love. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, so trial and error and glow. I am fully. I'm almost done with with season two. I just I love that show so much. I cannot even tell you nice. how yes. much I love glow. <laughs> Wonderful. Fantastic. Uh, and then this is so goofy. Hey, uh, I think that's part of our jam here. <laughs> okay, there was a book written in 2005. I had no, I had no idea that exists, and I got an audio book. Uh, of it. I ordered it. I use Interlibrary Loan, so I had to like wait for it to come I in. I live by the Interlibrary Loan. Yeah, yes. I wanted to find, uh, so I have to drive maybe half an hour to the theater that I'm working at, and um, if I've already warmed up, I want to kind of stay in the mode yes. of warmed up and singing, and, and uh, so I got this audiobook. It's called, the book is called How I Paid for College, a novel of sex, theft, friendship. Um, and I have the, oh, sorry, How I Pay for College, how, a novel of sex, theft, friendship, and musical theater. Aha, uh -huh, okay. Look, this connects to uh, our theme, yay. <laughs> I gotta tell you, it may, maybe I have no taste. I feel like it's really well-written, speech <laughs> lit. Hey. Like, I feel like the, the, the metaphors and similes are lovely. They're just delightful. Nice. Um, so I can totally recommend that. It's on Amazon and, and probably at your local library. Yes, exactly. And while you're on Amazon, pick up Ken Howard's book. Look at yeah. all the takeaway. Look, look at what we've done. I know. I'm, gonna, I'm, put, I'm putting it in my cart right now. Fantastic. Uh, so I think we wound up packing enough takeaway into this episode, and I feel that we've enlightened ourselves as much as our audience, hopefully, which is always the goal. So I suppose... Tell us, what are your day jobs? What are your takeaways? Yes, uh, please. Absolutely. How are you selling yourself as an actor who has a second life? Yes, exactly. What, it, what, it, what are you doing to make your non-linear theater, music, artsy life happen? We want to know. We want to know. And Importantly, stay strange, dear. But not in a way that gets you arrested.